Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to the Schmo Zone podcast. This is episode number 71. I'm Dave Schmolenson, aka the Schmo. My co host is Helene with Helene Sports. And today's guest is UFC welterweight. He's 15 and 2 inside the cage, D Rod Daniel Rodriguez. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Of course, man. I, I, I start off just by saying this before we went on. I feel like you are extremely underrated in the UFC right now. You're a complete killer. Uh, you go out there. You're a fan favorite. You strike. Uh, you All of your fights are exciting, and I'm um, glad to have you on the show today. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. Dude. Now, we were at your last fight. Congratulations. But first off, I want to know, are you full-time here in Las Vegas now, or what's that situation been like? Uh, yeah, I just moved out here about um, oh, cool. It's been about a month, month and a half now. Uh, I remember I came out here from my last fight camp with the cowboy. I was traveling around with him, and he was out here, and 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 uh, you know we trained at Syndicate at PI, and you know um, I just figured like man, this is really great for me out here. You know, it's kind of like leveling up. I feel like I could really take my game to a whole other level. So decided to move out here. You know, I'm still back and forth uh, from here to LA. You know, but for the most part, I'm staying out here full time. And you mentioned Cowboy, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. How long have you been friends with him and training partners with him and going out to his ranch in New Mexico? Uh, I first started going to, out to his ranch in 2019. Um, at the time, he was training with Joe Schilling. And, uh, you know, I'm like one of Jane, Joe's, uh, you know, main students over at the yard. And uh, he invited me over to, to come train and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, went over there, had a great time, had a great camp. You know, made good friends with Cowboy, even, um, you know, and uh, even till this day, you know, we're just, uh, like, every time he has a fight camp, you know, I just want to be there and be a part of it, you know, and be a part of fight camp, you know. And he's a legend in the sport. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I learned a lot from him, I learned a lot from him, definitely, and, uh, you know, he does all the fun shit, so definitely being in camp with him is, you know, it's a great time. Well, speaking of fun shit, we might as well just get this out of the way. Today's episode, episode 71, is brought to you by Sheath Underwear, the most comfortable underwear ever. And one of the first athletes I saw sporting Sheath Underwear was Cowboy Cerrone at the ranch. And what's so great about the product, they got the dual pouch protection. It's like once you wear that pair of underwear, <laughs> yeah. it's so comfortable yeah. that you never want to get a different type of pair. Like it's it's you got to adjust to having that support for your balls because they got the pouch. But yeah, it's got little pockets, you know. It's, but I remember when I first when I first wore, I was like, oh hell, yeah, this feels good. <laughs> it feels freaking great. And uh, Robert Patton, who who started it, uh, Iraq Iraq War veteran, he's a big fan of yours. So actually, we got the camo style for you. This is a no, gift man. from uh, him. Sheath underwear, man. Yeah, I definitely still own a couple pair of these. I remember when Cowboy, you know, used to get big old boxes of them. I would always snatch them up, you know. So I, I got a couple of these, so I, 
Thank you. You know, I'm definitely going to use them. <laughs> of course, man. Use the promo code SHMO. Get 20% off at checkoutsheathunderwear.com. Now, back to you. Uh, the ranch, working with Cowboy Cerrone. Um, I think all the diehards, when we think about MMA, especially the UFC, Cowboy Cerrone, like he's one of those fighters that uh, fan favorite type fighter, legend in the sport. Like you fight Cowboy Cerrone, you have him on your resume, or in your case, you train with him. That means something to people. Yeah, man. Uh, I, mean, I was surprised. I remember there would be times where I'd be out there like, man, how the hell did I end up at Cowboys Ranch? Because even before I even started fighting, I was watching Cowboy, and I was like, yeah, I like that Cowboy guy. He's fucking tight, you know. Um, you know, it's just style of fighting, you know, and, I, and, I, and, you know, I knew about the ranch. I think every fighter knows about the ranch, you know, as being like kind of like a fighter destination, you know. So, so, from, so from it was crazy for me going from, just being a fan and like, holy shit, I'm out here at the ranch training with Cowboy. Like, how the hell did this happen, you know? Me just being from L.A. and, you know, just, just you know, I just keep on going within this shit. You know, I keep winning. So I'm like, damn, this is crazy. Well, what was the ranch life like? It's definitely, um, it's like it's like about 45 minutes from, uh, from Albuquerque. So it's like a little bit in the outskirts of New Mexico. You know, it's real secluded. But that place is huge, man. He has like a whole compound over there, you know. I remember when when uh, the whole pandemic thing happened. I was like, man, if this shit turns into a zombie apocalypse, I'm coming to your house, bro. This has a, a fortress, you know. So uh, there's always something to do. I, you know, we never get bored. He's always constantly working. We're always working out. Everything's there, you know. And uh, it's a real solid place to go out there and like really focus. I remember uh, when I first met you. I was pre preparing for the Smash Global fight, and I was I was already out there. You know, I was getting ready for the fight out there, and uh, you know, it just I, I'll still go back. You know, we're we're good good friends, and uh, every time he has a fight camp, I'm out there, man. Yeah, let's go back to that. Uh, when we first met, Smash Global, I think it was December of 2019. Uh, Steve Orozco, he puts that on that charity event. It was the first time I was ever in the cage as a commentator. That Bruce Buffer role, a lot of fun. Uh, you were there, I think Gregory Rodriguez, I remember Daniel Rodriguez, Gregory Rodriguez, you guys both won in your respective weight divisions, and I think he's done contender series, you've done contender series, he's fought in the UFC, and you, man, you've had a lot of success now in the UFC. That was the last fight before you got called up to the Rio Rancho card for your uh, UFC debut. You got Tim Means on short notice, Dirty Birds. That guy's been in this sport. He's fought the who's who, 20-plus professional fights, 25-plus maybe, and uh, you got the victory. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, I remember that that fight, my debut. I was getting ready for actually for a fight right after that Smash Global fight, which I won the the championship there. And I was getting ready for um, the Lights Out, the Sean Merriman's uh, promotion, getting ready for his uh, his title his title fight. And uh, you know, I got the got the call on two weeks' notice. I was already at the ranch, so I was like, man, I'm already I'm already ready. So um, you know, I felt I felt real comfortable going in. I was like, "Damn, Tim Means." That's he had like twenty something. He's a vet. He's a he's a veteran, you know. But you know, um, I always believe in myself. You know, I always told myself if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be the best, you know, I'm gonna keep on winning no matter who it is. So that's why, like, even these past couple fights, I'm like, "Yeah, I'll fight fucking Nagamanov." You know, he's like he's a bad matchup, you know. But at the end of the day, if I'm gonna be a champion one day, then I'm gonna be able to beat this guy somehow, some way. You know, and I felt like I, you know, I feel like that with every one of my opponents. But before Smash Global, you were on Dana White's Contender Series, and you won 
uh, in that your fight. So were you kind of surprised that they didn't sign you and then you had a win over in Smash Global and then you got the call? Yeah, uh, actually I was the only fighter that didn't get signed that night. Uh, every fighter got signed that day. Um, I had a real tough matchup. The dude was like, I swear, this, he was like six seven or something like that. Like just, just some huge ass dude. I don't know how the hell he made uh, welterweight. And uh, you know, he had real good footwork. So he was like really tall, really, uh, you know, really long. Um, you know, I could've went for takedowns more, but that's not my style, you know? Like I, I wanna finish the fight, you know, striking, you know, that's my preferred thing. So uh, I didn't get the knockout, you know, I got the win and uh, didn't get signed that day. I was like, damn, you know, now what? So in my mind, I was just like, you know, I'm just gonna start racking up all these local belts. You know, I was like, you know, winning the contender series, I figured my, you know, my, my, I just went up, you know? So at the time I was fighting for Combate Americas before that, and they had offered me a contract, which it would have made, I would have been making good money, but they didn't like the fact that I went and fought for, for the contender series. So when I went back to them after I didn't get signed, I was like, yo, let's make this do a contract again. They had lowered my fucking numbers like down. They wanted to pay me half of what they had offered the first time. I was like, what? I just won. Like, you just won on a huge yeah, stage. Why yeah. is that? I have no idea. Well, they wanted to keep me signed, you know, so they wanted me for another five fights in two years, and I just didn't like that deal. So I was like, you know what? I told my manager, I was like, let's just rack up all these local belts and, you know, try to get like, you know, three, four, five more fights, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully the UFC will get signed. Uh, I'll get signed to the UFC, but. Um, you know, it happened anyways, you know, I stepped it up against Tim Means and just killed it, man. You know? I know you're an NBA fan, Lakers guy, um, yeah. so you can kind of relate to this kind of analogy, but it's kind of like when you go and you're a good college basketball player, you could play at any school. If you're good enough, the NBA is going to find you. Same thing for fighting. If you're racking up wins, you're good enough. The UFC or the bigger shows, they will find you. And that's kind of what happened in your circumstance. Yeah. Yeah, man, I mean, a after that Contender Series fight, even Dana had commented, uh, I just posted it today on my story on Instagram. Uh, he, uh, you know, after he was getting in interviewed by uh, Laura Sanko, and, you know, he had mentioned me, like, even these guys that don't win, you know, go out and, f and you know, they're, they're, you know, it's good opportunities, good, opportun uh, good opportunities are on the way, you know, and uh, I was definitely, I felt like I was on the, on Dana's map. I just didn't do enough that fight, you know? Everybody knows the contender series. You gotta, you gotta really wow them. You gotta, that's the whole point of the show is they're looking like for the next big superstar, you know? And my fight did, wasn't really like, even though I won, it wasn't really too exciting, you know? So, um, you know, I got my chance and, and, you know, I was able to show, I was able to show, you know, some of my skills and what I can do in that fight, you know? I knocked him down twice and then, submitted them I remember pretty, that yeah, yeah. But, but your pro debut was 2015 right yeah and you're born in 86 so you're in your mid 30s now your story's crazy I mean we'll, we'll touch on that too I definitely want to get into that but like you had a late start in a way professionally in MMA and I feel like what you're doing now is you're making up for lost time like do you see it that way yeah, man, that's how I feel. Um, you could bring this closer to yeah. you, too. So These, uh, you know, most most of the fighters in the UFC have been doing this, you know, twice as long as I've been doing it. You know, I've only been doing this nine years. You know, I first walked into the gym at 25, um, trained for like two years, started fighting amateur at 27. And, uh, you know, at 27, uh, 
yeah and then and then like two years later i turned pro and you know five years later after that i'm in the ufc you know uh it's been it's been crazy you know uh but you know like i said i am making up over lost time like i said you guys have been doing it twice as long as me so that's why like if you follow me on instagram you'll see like all i do is work you know like of course i took this week off because uh, you know i just fought last week but for the most part i'm training like three times a day every day you know and i haven't been doing it as long as these other other fighters you know but at the same time i feel like i'm not damaged like all these other dudes you know that are all been doing it like a vet like tim means you know he's got he's been in wars you know i haven't for the most part all my fights have been like pretty one-sided i'm just whooping ass you know and uh i just keep going you know i just keep learning and, and just getting better and better in every fight I, I like i see the difference from my first ufc fight versus timmy so now i'm like i'm like wow what a difference that it's been since then and even the firefight too with Mike Perry, who's also yeah. great on his feet. You know, someone that we like to interview a lot too. Just the, your performance against him too. We've what you just said. We've watched you progress in such a short amount of time, just in your UFC career alone. It's pretty remarkable, and I think it's pretty inspiring to people that have come into the sport late and think that hey, you know. I don't have much time or what am I going to do? I haven't gotten a call up yet. I think you're a testament of what hard work and staying the course and believing in yourself really brings. Yeah, I think that's that's honestly been the, the kind of where I'm getting at. Like, man, I am a little bit older and I'm, you know, for the most part, I'm smart. Like, I'm going to start slowing down at some point, you know, because, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm showing progress, you know, because I'm starting to work with like higher level athletes like, I'm over. I'm here in Vegas now. Everybody knows that the gyms out here, like like Syndicate, I train at Syndicate. There's like guys in and out all the time, especially in the UFC. So I'm getting a lot of good work, and uh, you know, it's just it's just gonna make me better and better and better. You know, like I've I've been you know training with dudes like like uh, Kiesa. He's over there right now, Strickland. He's a fucking monster. He's headlining yeah. this weekend. Yeah. So um, and, and there's just there's other dudes in the UFC too. You know, and I'm just getting great work, and I feel like just I keep on doing it, you know, and just keep on grinding. I'm, I'm, there's no, there's no limit, you know. There's no limit, but the, I'm on the clock too, so that's why, like, I'm fighting so much. Like, I'm blowing up my manager every day. Like, hey man, keep my name in the loop, you know. But it's my job to stay on my shit, you know. I gotta, I gotta stay ready, so in case, like, hey, he's like, you want to take this short notice call, and how, how long? Like a week. I need to be ready at all times, you know, cause shit, I wanna, I wanna, you know, I wanna, I wanna get on, you know. I'm 34 years old. You know, I feel like I'm gonna be doing this a lot longer than than most people are gonna expect. You know, but uh, for now, for the most part, I feel like I'm in my prime. You know, and it's go time for me. So, ideally for you, when would you like to get back in there? Um, man, uh, anytime in September. You know, you know, uh, you know, I didn't take no damage in that last fight, so I'm ready to just you know jump right back into camp. I didn't really. You know, I just take the week off because I put my body through hell, you know, and I just want to relax and yeah. just, you know, chill out and sit on the couch, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, um, you know, as long as I get back to work and I'll be ready to get in there by, like, September. I already told him to keep my name in there for, like, a September 25th card or something like that. Oh, 266. Yeah, I'm trying to get on, you know, hopefully on that or by then, you know. Uh, I guess the issue now is just kind of who, who am I going to face, you know, there's you know, I feel like I deserve some, you know, someone really good. Um, you know, uh, I thought my last fight wasn't really like ideal matchup, you know, 
it was kind of more of like a not, not much to gain. You know, I only did it for the name. I took the fight like shit. Take out one of these fucking Russian fools, you know, it's gonna be big, you know, especially be like, oh damn, he beat one of the, you know. And you know, I saw a tape on dude. I was like, yeah, I can beat this guy, you know. I, I'm trying, I'm, you know, um, I'm so good at like at, at striking, you know. I don't want to sound all super cocky, but I feel like lately I've been is I've been able to like kind of lay off focusing on that so much since it's there and just getting on my wrestling shit and like jujitsu and stuff. So working a lot of that at Syndicate and you know just like fights like that Nagamanov, you know, um, I learned I did a lot of grappling in that training camp, you know, so it worked out for me you know i'm just getting better and better at certain things so the more challenging like the opponents are get the more i'm gonna you know it's gonna make me better you know so that's why i'm not afraid i'm not you know i'm taking all fights whenever you know yeah i think you're in that position now where you're budding for that top between 10 and 15 ranking names you need a name right there to elevate you to that next level and i think you've you're in a position now where you've fought a lot of big names and you can't they can't deny you getting something to put you in a position to uh take that next leap yeah yeah man i feel like that was the case with perry i was like man if i like perry was a big name i remember i had like i was like i have to fight this fool i had tore my um my peck i tore my peck like a month before the fight or like like maybe like five weeks before the fight or something like that so that's when i really started you know uh utilizing all the you know stuff at, at, at UFCPI like the therapy and stuff like that man they do a great job so I was like that's what really encouraged me to come move out here I'm like dude yeah. they could fix if something happens I could go get fixed right away you know yeah. it, it's I I, th I think fighters are slowly realizing that that's why a lot more are coming here but that's such an amazing resource that <laughs> most guys don't take advantage of I feel like still it's coming yeah. out now but I mean still. I wasn't I remember I would come out to fight and and just quarantine in the hotel and be like hey you want to go apex like nah I'll just work out in the little room right there you know the room that they give us at the hotel and it wasn't until I came out with Cowboy when he was like dude let's go to PI I was like all right let's go you know I was like damn you could do all this shit and you know so now every fight week I'm like having the best weight cut possible because, you know, over at PI, you know, they have everything you need. You know, the food, you know, the massage therapy, strength and conditioning, the, all the recovery stuff. It's like, it's just perfect. So with Kiesa, he's getting ready for his fight against Vicente Luque yeah. at the next pay-per-view yeah, fight. A great fight. Was he like one, were you one of his main tra training partners? He's one of your main training partners over at Syndicate? Like, because I know he probably travels back and forth between here and yeah. Washington. Yeah, he's definitely one of the guys. Uh, you know, like I said, there's so many fighters to work with. There's like he's in rotation, so it's like this big old rotation. I get what well, like you know around with everybody every time we practice. But that fucking guy is a solid grappler. Like yeah. he's probably one of the most. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I can't get that guy off of me when only he jumps on top of me. He's fucking really really hard to to fucking get off you. So definitely some like he's on the next level with that. One of the ultimate fighter. It's, I mean, his his grappling's amazing. How's the temper of Sean Strickland? Oh man, <laughs> that guy's a character, man. He's a, you know, he's cool. He's cool. I see his style. You know, he just wants to like get that work. You know, and uh, he definitely goes hard. You know, we have some interesting, very interesting sparring rounds, but uh, you know, uh, it's all respect. You know, he's solid. I'm just, I, I think he's, you know. He's a fucking solid ass fighter. I can't wait to see his fight. 
And earlier, you mentioned that you didn't start training until you were 25 years old. What prompted you to decide to train in this and try to make a career out of it? Um, to be honest with you, it was just I, I like to fight, you know. I remember I just became a fan. I remember this one time I had uh, had got out of jail, and um, my cousin was like, hey, um, you know, come watch this fight. I'm like, well, who's fighting, you know? Because before that, I was just, I grew up as a boxing fan, just boxing, you know. That was, like, all my family was about, all our family functions. Like, somebody's fighting, you know, like De La Hoya's fighting or Tyson's fighting or, you know, Pacquiao's fighting or Mayweather, whatever. So that's, that's like, tradition for me, you know. And um, I remember had, watching UFC, uh, like, years before that, but back in his, like, bar, you know, barbaric days, you know, and it wasn't really you know, like Tank Abbott, you know, and like when Tito was barely coming out. Um, and he was like, yeah, this dude Rampage is fighting, right? That was when Rampage was uh, fighting Forrest Griffin for the championship. I was like, Rampage? That sounds sick. Like, who's that? He's like, UFC, fool? You don't know about UFC? I'm like, no, nah, I don't know. And I went, I was like, dog, what is this? You know, they're kicking, elbowing, takedowns and elbows and shit like damn this is this is tight you know so i instantly became a fan you know because before that you know uh i love i loved boxing you know but you know it's funny because i had always thought like you know if i if i would have gotten a fight before and someone kicked me i'd be like well kicking's for pussies you know and uh until <laughs> i got kicked like by someone who knows how to kick i was like oh shit you know this is crazy um but yeah i just became a fan and, and um i remember uh I was working construction at the time, and I used to pass by this gym called Tap Out in downtown LA. So I used to pass by it every day after work. I'm like, man, I want to do that shit, you know? Because I was just going to LA Fitness, just lifting weights, and and uh, but before that, like I had I had like always like worked out, you know, just from being out of jail so much, you know, just it, you know I kind of got programmed into working out every day, you know. I remember even when. Uh, I had like even been to a military style boot camp where they make you work out, you know? So, um, you know, I was just programmed to work out and um, I'd pass by and, you know, and I'd go home. And I'd be like, man, this is a gym I really want to go to. I feel like I could do this shit. Like, I know I could do it. And um, I remember um, the girl I was with at the time, she had got me a, a, a fucking a, a membership as a gift for our anniversary. You know, and uh, I went in and, and I had this, you know, aggressive, super aggressive brawler style. You know, that's all I knew how to do is just fight. You know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, I grew up in the projects and shit, you know, and like the ghetto and shit. So I got in a lot of shit, but I definitely wasn't scared, you know, and the coaches loved it. You know, they saw my first coach, Kathy Long. She was like, man, you're, you're wild, you know, like, but you got it in you. You got something in you, you know, so coaches just you know really loved me and then little by little or day by day I just fell in love with it and um, you know I never I never stopped going you know and ever since then uh, you know that's all my life has been about but what was the turning point so you've been in and out of prison but what was the turning point for you to turn your life around and stay disciplined and stay this course of being a professional fighter having kids you know definitely it was uh didn't really change so like you know 22 23 you know, but like before that, like from like 14 to like, you know, like almost, I'm gonna say like 24, 23, I was just constantly in and out, you know, um, you know, grew up in LA in the hood and shit, you know, you got a lot of, you know, there's a lot of gang shit going on. So, you know, I used to get in like a lot of fights in high school, in and out of juvenile hall, 
you know, uh, you know, just doing graffiti and shit, doing just doing all crazy shit, you know, um, you know, partying and stuff, and you know, just getting in trouble, thinking it was cool to get locked up, you know, and um, you know, but in the process, you know, I got in a lot of fights and I got in a lot of, you know, really tough situations, you know, and survived all kinds of crazy shit. So, um, you know, so when I when I started fighting, you know, I guess it just I had that crazy style, you know, and uh, you know, over the years, I just kind of polished it down, you know, when I look at my, like, my amateur fights, I'm like, wow, how did I, that's crazy, that, like, from now, from then until now, it's just really, you know, it's really dope to see how much I've grown. It's just fucking amazing to me to think about being in that, like, was it like a hall, a dining hall, where you, we were fighting for Smash Global, you were fighting yeah, for Smash we Global. we were, like, eating dinner, and yeah. like, yeah. the People, fights were dude, going That on. show was awesome. It was amazing. I, yeah, I remember, um, before I even fought there, I, had, I used to work building the cage. So I remember I did it one time, and I was like, dude, this reminds me of like, like some crazy Van Damme movie where like you just fight in front of a bunch of rich people. You know, it was dope, it was dope. I can't wait till there's another show. I, I, I told him, I was like, dude, I wanna go. <laughs> yeah, there were supposed to be one actually um, in August, but it ended up not happening. Steve texted me, and I would've, I would've done that. It was actually gonna be right around the Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley uh, boxing fight. Oh, dope, So I dope. would've probably done both. I want to try to do both. Yeah, that Smash Glow was like yeah. super nice. It's good. Yeah, I'm definitely going. And being a boxing fan, what do you make of the state of boxing and like what David just brought up, kind of the Paul brothers and now Jake's about a box Tyron Woodley? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely blowing up. I feel like it's taking away from boxing, like actual boxing and real boxers. And, and uh, you know, these guys are making a ton of money doing it, you know, and it's all like, you know, it's all, you know, it's kind of like, kind of making fun of the sport in a way, you know. But it's entertainment, you know. It's entertainment, you know, and it makes a ton of money. Tyron Willie's about to get his, you know, fat check. You know, hopefully he don't, he don't get his ass whipped though, you know. It's gonna, it's gonna just, it's gonna end up blowing up. I feel like, you know, if, if uh, Jake Paul beats Tyron Woodley and, you know, he continues to, to grow, he's gonna end up fighting like Canelo or something, you know, or something crazy like that. That's what he's going for, but yeah. from you having the boxing background, like, why do you think they're just targeting these MMA fighters, or what? What do you think makes the MMA fighters so vulnerable? Do you just think with their tendencies, they put their hands down because they're thinking about a takedown, or just natural? I mean, you come from both sides. What do you think is the disadvantage for these MMA fighters when they step in a boxing ring? Yeah, I feel like they're targeting mostly uh, MMA fighters that don't have like solid boxing or like real good striking or you know um you know i feel like uh they're kind of targeting the easier opponents of course you know they don't want to fight someone like i think i think like anderson Silva would, would be a dope one against the the older one Th oh, they're talking about yeah. that yeah, i think that's gonna happen that'd be a good that'd be a good fight i think anderson Silva will whoop his ass you know and uh you know of course they're not going for dudes in their prime you know woodley's like kind of not really in his prime anymore you know but at the same night at the same time you know he's he's got champion experience you know he's a real fighter you know and um you know I, i'd love to get in there you know i'd definitely be a fucking great fight for him i don't think they would take you though yeah. because of, because of <laughs> but it's like and plus like the popular fighters too yes you know? It's crazy though. Woodley has not like won a round in years because yeah. ever since Usman, you know, dominated him in that championship fight, 
you, you, you've seen a different side of Tyron, like with the rap game and everything. The dog isn't there. I just hope we could see the dog in him back in there. And if he's really hungry and motivated and we can get a glimpse of the champion Tyrone Woodley, one of the greatest welterweights of all time, I mean, that's that's a real yeah. fight. Yeah. I mean, his past couple of fights, he hasn't really been letting, you know, just letting him. Timid. Yeah, yeah. yeah Timid. Like not throwing. You know, hopefully we don't see that and he just gets picked apart, you know. That would be not good for the sport, you know, not no. good for MMA fans, yeah. for MMA fighters at all, you know. So we're definitely expecting him to come out and, you know, represent MMA fighters. Well, even tomorrow there's a press conference. Someone you mentioned, Oscar De La Hoya, he's about a box Vitor Belfort. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of that? Oh, man, I think uh, – that's that's crazy, you know. Just uh, the recently, like too. Uh, that that's just, that's it's funny. I mean, De La Hoya has been trying to get it back in the ring with anybody, you know. I think that's just an interest. Like, wow, Vitor Belfort, that's crazy. Oh, he's the consolation prize because he wanted GSP, but the UFC blocked it because when GSP retired, he was still under contract. He still had fights left in his deal, so you know the UFC can block who they want under that contract. So, yeah, he's. Vitor Belfort, I think he's trying to replicate what Anderson Silva just did against the boxer, you know? Yeah. But this I don't is not know. I think Vitor Belfort is going to do great, you know? <laughs> but Oscar, man. I mean, it's not the same Oscar De La Hoya, but he had some real skills. Yeah, real he skills. did. He's actually one of my favorite boxers of all time, you know? Definitely grew up watching watching his fights. So you think Vitor is going to beat Oscar? What do you think in that fight? Man... You know, I I feel like maybe Vitor's been taking care of himself better throughout the years yeah. than than De La Hoya has. That's true. You know, and I feel like that's going to show. Now, looking at your weight division, 170, what do you make of, I think they're, what, targeting Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman, that rematch. Is that the fight to make for the championship belt right now? Well, isn't that the last fight that Colby Covington has had? And what, then he beat no, Woodley. Woodley. Oh, Woodley he beat Woodley. Fight. Oh, okay. Well, you know, he's, what, number one, number two, number three right I think now? they have him at one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely up there in the rankings. He deserves a title shot, you know. He's number one. At the same time, he hasn't been really active, you know. But, um, you know, who really deserves it right now? You know, who's really, you know, Gilbert Burns looked great his last fight. You know, uh, Covington, you know. Yeah, he's a good matchup. And then Leon Edwards is there too. I mean, oh, Nick, yeah. but that's crazy because if it was Pride rules, you know, and and it was just a continuous clock, like Nate Diaz, if there's if there's just unlimited rounds, unlimited time, Nate Diaz is going to be in there because his cardio is just on a different level, and he really rocked uh rocked him in the fifth round. Yeah, in that fight. he does. He does. I think that he knows that that's his style. You know, he's he, he's uh he's got them them later later lungs. You know, them later fucking. I don't know. I don't know what the guy does. I need to do what he does. <laughs> triathlon <laughs> stuff. Triathlon stuff. Yeah. Man, that's, that's what I need to start doing. Do you swim? Uh, not that much, man. We just do a lot of swimming at the at the ranch, actually. You know, and it's uh, it's crazy. I actually, learn how to swim pretty good out there. So Helen is training for the 2024 Olympics for the 50 freestyle Olympic trials for the Olympic trials. <laughs> Dope. Uh, that's awesome. And her Thank friends you. competing right now in the Olympics for yeah, Poland this Friday. Her name's Kasha. But, but like, uh, we talk about this a lot because, like, Paul Felder, I was just messaging him today. He's gone big into triathlons, and she's done some swimming with some of the female fighters, like Cynthia Covio and Lauren oh, Murphy. Yeah. But I just feel like swimming 
even just because I've done some triathlons too, it just takes your cardio to a completely different level yeah. because it's it's a different it's type hard. of tired. It's a yeah. it's a much different type of tired. Obviously, I can't speak for the type of tired, what it's like getting kicked and punched in the face and your obliques and liver shots and everything. That's different. But I think swimming is a lot different than running or biking or anything just from overall exhaustion from any other physical activity. Yeah, you're definitely burning a ton of calories, you know. Um, there's a lot of elements to it, you know, like just like everything else, you know, like especially the breathing, you know, before I was struggling, once I figured out how to breathe and how to like come up for like air the right way and you know, what really helped us have uh, Cowboy has a swim coach. So I learned a lot of cool details right there. I know, like what David mentioned earlier, you're a big basketball fan. Yeah. Right. So have you been following along like the Olympic basketball? I haven't very much. You know, I've been I've been watching a lot of <laughs> Olympic skateboarding. I didn't even know skateboarding. Oh, yeah, they got yeah, skateboarding? Yeah, Olympic uh, uh, street skating. Wait, didn't like a teenager win that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I saw. Yeah, I was like tripping out, like what? That's crazy. You know, they should have Olympic uh, jujitsu. Yeah, That'd or sick. when's MMA gonna be an Olympic sport? Do you think it should be? I think so. You know, this boxing, they have boxing, yeah. wrestling, judo. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that you there's like a quota of X amount of sports. You're gonna have to take something out to put something in, and. Uh, I think what you just said, uh, jiu-jitsu's got a better chance before MMA just because of, uh, you know, the blood, the cuts, and everything like that. And if you're the UFC, you know, you have the cream of the crop of the talent. You're going to be taking away a lot of your fighters for the Olympic sport, and there's no off-season in MMA like most other sports. So it would actually kind of diminish the UFC product, I feel yeah. like. even or though they, they would even allow pros, yeah. you know. Maybe they just do true. amateurs. Amateurs. Like yeah. Boxing. Yeah. That's another good point. Uh, really good point. No, but you're not missing out by USA basketball. I think they just lost their opening game against France. Oh, and man. LeBron's not playing in it. And like, they got KD, and they got, like, Devin Booker and uh, uh, Chris Middleton, so guys who just came out the finals. But, like, you don't have the cream of the crop USA basketball players. And uh, these guys aren't around each other for long enough periods of time like some of these other countries so they have lack of chemistry they have to figure it out on the fly and it's just different man yeah it's a different nba i know you're a big kobe guy it's a different yeah. nba than I'm, I'm a huge basketball fan i grew up playing basketball but yeah, like too, bro. it's just not the same sport i feel like now yeah you know there's definitely like you know whole new players the whole new league you know um you know, refs from the game, you know. Dude, yeah. It's just I'm like, what? That was, ain't no foul. And know? a lot of super teams. Yeah, like super teams. Super teams. Yeah, I remember, um, man, like all these super teams going on. I remember that when they were hating on uh, Chris Paul coming to the Lakers when with Kobe. I remember uh, all the owners got together and, and you know, boycotted boycotted that. it man that was messed up because uh the commissioner was it david stern at the time he was like the acting owner of the hornets or which are now the pelicans at the time and so he vetoed the trade the commissioner did because they were in the middle of like a sale for the team but chris paul could have been should have been a laker they always say that yeah it's nuts 
No, but so I, a couple weeks ago we were doing the big three, and I interviewed Dr. J and the Iceman George Gervin, and I was doing my schmo spiel about how today's NBA they play no defense, and then we were talking. It's probably off camera, and it convinced me. It's like okay, no, they're playing defense. Some they're just not consistently playing defense, and the way the rules have changed with the referees calling falls and not being able to body check and stuff. That's why the scores are lit up, and they're driving for offense, just like in the NFL. They're they want teams to score as many points as possible they want offense to dominate rather than defense and obviously we've been seeing that in the nba right now yeah different shit different shit for sure well milwaukee won though yeah but it's good to see a small market yeah. team yeah that's their what their second in in, in history i think so yeah, yeah I, also, I didn't even know they had one when i was like damn they won two that's right but um kareem i think they won it when kareem abdul jabbar before he became a laker i oh, think nice. i could be wrong i think that's right though but yeah, the the they got an amazing squad though. The what's that guy named the Greek freak? Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo. Yeah, I can't and, pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's like Khabib Nurmagomedov. Like yeah. just hearing that shit for the first time. Yeah, but what's good too is they didn't build a super team. Like Drew Holiday. Yeah, he came in from he's a point guard. He came in from free agency. But like Chris Middleton, like guys like um, Dev, Dev, Devin. Kid from Villanova, Devin Chesno or whatever, he was injured. But, like, they have guys that they drafted that won on that squad, which is cool. Yeah. Didn't have to deal with that shit, which I thought was nice. Um, Let's talk more welterweight division, though. I mean, so obviously I think it's going to be Kobe Covington, Usman, and I think it would be in MSG November as long as the pandemic and shutdown stuff doesn't happen. You got Leon Edwards. You got Nate Diaz. Um Kiesa is fighting Vicente Luque. If Kiesa beats Vicente, do you think that warrants enough for a title shot, or do you think he's got one or two more fights away? Man, I think he's he's up there. He's what number five right now? Number five. Number five. You know that's a, that's a solid win against Luque. You know, um, you know I'm a fan of both guys. You know I think it's gonna be an amazing fight. Uh, you know Luque is fucking good too. You know. Uh, that would be a good matchup for me, actually. Just thinking that. You know, that would be a great matchup. Um, I, could, I could definitely see that happening in the future, you know. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm ready for these kind of fights, you know. I'm ready to, you know, really test myself, you know. Uh, um, you know, I, I like when I train, I, I, you know, I, I imagine myself, you know, fighting these dudes. I'm already training with some of these dudes, you know, so. It makes me really feel like you know, like I'm almost there. You know, if not, I'm, if I'm not there, it's just the opportunity hasn't been presented yet. I think it was last March or something, and when he was flirting with 170 before he's committed to 185, you were tied to a fight with Kevin, Kevin Holland. Yeah, and there was an injury. That would have been a great fan favorite yeah. fight too. Yeah, that was like my second, you know, fight in the UFC, and uh, what was it? I think I stepped up on two weeks' notice, or was it him? I'm not sure. One of us stepped up on two weeks' notice, and um, or something like that. It was like it was like maybe three weeks, and then he had got injured a week after, and then Gabe Gabe Green stepped in for him. So um, yeah, that would have been a great fight, you know. Actually, we we had a uh, you know we'd be back and forth, you know, on on Instagram and in the DMs and stuff. I remember uh, when he had offered to fight Cowboy, you know, at one seventy. I was like, wait. You're supposed to fight me at 170, homie. You know, but I just I don't think he can make weight. Is the thing, you know. I think that's maybe why he. You know, I don't think he got injured. Maybe he just he just can't make weight. Um, 
70 would probably be hard for him, you know. Well, I don't know. He's a skinny guy, you know. But that would be a fun fight. What about – speaking of fun fights, we haven't seen him in a while. He had a lot of hype. This is one of the guys that has a huge hype around him, Hamzat Chemaev. Yeah, he's – who's he fighting? He's fighting um, – Lee Qingliang. Lee Qingliang, yeah. And that's like a – Lee's in the top 15 too, I believe. Yeah. So someone like that, like that type of fight propels you right into the rankings. Yeah. That's def that's definitely a good fight, you know. Both of them, uh, both of them are really good fighters, you know. Jeff Neal, too, hands of steel. That's a yeah. you, you stylistically, you two would match up really well too. Yeah, I mean, and like to be honest with you, I'll fight anybody. Like ideally, I'll fight anybody above me in rankings. For you sure. Know? Uh, a lot of people have mentioned me, and um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. The Argentinian dude. Uh, oh, Santiago. Santiago. Yeah. Oh, Ponzanibio. That's yeah. a great fight, that too. Is, yeah, that'd be yeah. a good one, too. You know? I could see that. I could Same. see that one. Yeah, now we're putting it out in the universe. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a great fight. You know, it's definitely going to, you know, make me level up in a lot of ways, you know, step my game up in training. And, you know, that's what I want these fights, these fights that are going to light a fire up my ass, you know, and just get me like, let's go, you know. Um, so I'm not really interested in fighting dudes under the rankings unless they got like a big name, you know, or like, you know, uh, my main goal is just to keep climbing in the rankings and eventually, you know, fucking if, if, if this, this story is like fucking happily ever after, you know, I'm gonna fight for the championship and win, you know, and um, shit, there's like, like there's everybody got their story, you know, why not me? Why can't I be that fucking like that rare ass fucking movie? story you know that that we all like we all dream of you know and speaking of movies i think we we're talking about this before we started the podcast you've been documenting all of your fight footage kind of behind the scenes and stuff like that throughout your journey and you have everything on a hard drive but you don't know what to do with it yet yeah um and i think that uh it's a great problem to have because yeah. there's freaking options. Yeah, man. There's a uh, lot of good stuff. We're just in there. we're just stuck on on how long we're gonna continue to film before, you know, we we put it out there. I feel like I keep telling my 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 guy like, dude, now, you know, like let's do it now, and then it'll add more more popularity and you know to give people more in depth look of where I come from. You know, we've been filming for the past four years from when. You know, I was in the in the on the local circuit, you know, um, and you know, just a lot of stuff outside of it. You know, a lot of behind the scenes footage of you know, just some lifestyle shit. You know, uh, I think I've got a couple like you know, just stuff that I do on the regular, like you know, chilling my kids, uh, you know, a bunch of training stuff. You know, like getting tattoos and shit, and just a whole bunch of stuff that like you know, just kind of really just gives like an in depth, like me like doing interviews and talking about, you know, a little bit of like a lot of the uh, the stuff that, that um you know, like I said, I used to get locked up a lot. And actually the story of, of the the guy that started filming me, he approached me and he's like, hey man, uh, I was like, I heard a lot about you. He heard about me through that, uh like through like street fights, like, man, it's fully like, you know, from before I even started fighting, like, and he's like, man, like that was you, like all the, this, the dude that all these people are talking about, this crazy ass dude is like knocking dudes out. And he's like, man, I want to like start filming and like putting out content, you know, for the Instagram and you know, like both of us as we're on the rise. Like, you know, he's a, a rising, you know, um, videographer and photographer and stuff like that. So I was a rising fighter, and we're both in the same area. We just started filming a bunch of stuff, 
and uh, you know, I I brought him along for a lot of, a lot of you know stuff like that last fight with Mike Perry. You know, I actually put him in my corner because as we continue to film, I'm like, wow, we're really starting to build something here. Like this, you know. So I wanted to get like a whole behind the scenes footage, you know, of of you know shit that people don't even see, you know. And I'm sure it can also inspire people that may not take that traditional route to get to be somewhere successful. And like yourself, like you mentioned, it's not like you started training when you're five or 10 years old, like you started at 25, you know, an unconventional path, weren't signed on Dana White's Contender Series, and then look at you like finding all this success now and where you are today. Yeah, I feel like that's what's really the message going to show and in, in that, in that, you know, I want to make it a, a documentary. And, uh, you know, um, I have plans to, to like, uh, you know, I really wanted to show, you know, coming up from the bottom and the struggle and, like, you know, I'm the prime example of someone that completely changed their life, you know, and, and made something out of nothing, you know. Like, well, I had, like, I had been in a lot of fights, but, you know, like, Everybody gets in street fights once or once in a while, but I just did it a lot, you know. Um, and I just I just turned that into what it is today, you know. That's why a lot of people say I'm so calm in the, I'm so calm in there. I look like you know, like my last fight is like, man, Dior looks cooler than the cucumber, that's you know. Right. But that's just because I'm comfortable. I feel like, you know, I've been through worse shit, you know, so I don't get nervous or like panic or you know, I feel like Shoot, this is a one-on-one -on -one fight, you know. This is fair and square. And, you know, like, if I get knocked out, I'm not going to get stabbed or nothing, you know. So, you know, I ain't got to worry about shit like that anymore. And that's that's where, like, you know, I feel like I'm so comfortable in that. It's nice to get paid for punching people in the face, too, right? <laughs> it is, man. I used to do it for free, you know. <laughs> <laughs> is that when you first found out, like, man, I'm pretty good at this? Yeah, I mean, uh, with, you know, with every fight, you know, and, and in training, you know, uh, in every fight, you know, I learned something about myself new, whether it's win or lose. You know, uh, you know, one fight, I was like, man, I was getting out wrestled. I need to learn how to wrestle. Or like, man, my cardio sucked. I gassed out. Or man, like, you know, this and this and that happened. Or I got hit in the eye or something. And, you know, it's just, you know, constant work and experience, you know, with, with the fights and in training, you know. For sure. Any final thoughts you want to leave our audience with? We really appreciate you coming into the schmo zone and giving them behind the scenes of your story man uh yeah about the about the that documentary is coming out soon i'm actually gonna start trying to edit it up you know uh, i'm gonna name it up and coming you know that's that's you know that's gonna represent you know all the up and comers out there you know and actually i'm a you know hopefully that that takes off and and uh i get to start like a clothing line you know just do some t-shirts up and coming i'm gonna name that the brand you know and i just i just want it to like kind of represent the documentary of you know it's kind of like like the shirt i'm wearing right now kind of like the marathon it's like something like up and coming is for something like for everybody you know there's there's up and comers at one point you guys were up and coming you know like you know up and coming you know interviewers and stuff like that you know so it's like it applies to a lot of people and you know uh that's what i wanted just to represent is you know coming up and you know constantly grinding every day and working towards bettering yourself and uh, towards your goals and stuff hundred percent people just think like you just get there and you turn you turn on the tv one day and that person's arrived there everyone has to grind to get to where they need to be you have to put in the work there's no shortcuts and branding in today's day and age with social media and, and the world we live in 
if you're not building a brand, you're wasting your time because you're not going to get ahead if you don't focus on doing that. Yep. I just want to add one quick thing because I'm sure you're going to ask me my final thought. Um, well, first off, thank you so much. Your story is very inspirational. Um, and I just want to give a quick shout out to Kasha. Uh, we mentioned her. She'll be competing on Friday at the Olympics, currently ranked number seventh and going for the gold medal. Uh, she's been a huge part of my return into swimming after taking basically 13 years off. So uh, I'm hoping that she gets the gold this weekend. And uh, my final thoughts are just uh, another day to be appreciative of life and everything like that. Uh, living in beautiful Southwest America, Las Vegas, things are good, nothing to complain about. Just get to wake up every day, talk sports, entertain. And uh, episode 71 of the Schmozone podcast, we are out. <laughs>